Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S. And each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans, reporting for ConnectingVets.com, the military news and veteran website. I am Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now, today we're going to take a look at the unfortunate reality that we live in. That is the world is full of violence. From school shootings to the recent hostage situation in the synagogue in Texas, it can be upsetting to even watch the news, much less know what to do about it. And that's where our guest today comes in. Jake Edwards is a Marine Corps veteran founder of Threat Response Training and LeadTactics.org. And today we'll hear how he's taking combat training and using it to help people all around the country teaching combat skills and what you need to know in active shooter situations. So with that, Jake, welcome to CBS Iron Vets. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. I'm really excited to be here, Phil. And I, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it going. Don't let anybody hit your friggin' wall, hit you, let you hit a wall, man. Keep pushing. I'm so proud of you, man. Indeed. Yeah. And, and, and I love you saying that too, because there's not a lot of shows like ours. There's not a lot of uh, shows that focus and showcase what veterans do and we're contributing all over the place. It's not all thank you for your service. And it's not all puppies and it's not all a reunion at a basketball game center court. Sometimes we're just the guys starting cool businesses in your backyard. And yours is especially cool because it's addressing a need in our country. We all know geopolitically, the world is damn unstable, but Fixing what we do here takes guys like you, and that's why I'm pleased to be covering this and sharing with uh, you know the world what you're doing with threat response training and lead tactics. Real quick, before we jump into active shooter training and all the different combat training things that you provide, let's rewind. 
Let's go back to 2004, Devil Dog. I read about your bio, man. You say the word Fallujah, and you were talking about some of the most brutal combat we saw during the war in Iraq. You got to think about, just for anyone out there, what moments of your life have shaped your life? And that's what that experience did for me. It literally, it was the most challenging, the most amazing, and also the most, now that I've looked back, the most reflective learning environment for me ever in my whole life. It's the best trainer, the best teacher I could ever have for my life. It's helped me get to where I am today because the perspective you can appreciate from that battlefield, if you survived it, is, hey, we can never forget and we must continue. But the important thing about it was why we did it. We did it to be able to create a free election a month and a half later for those Iraqis. That city was was literally a safe haven for terrorists from all around the world. We fought, we found 18 different nationals there that were fighting us. Uh, but the experience for me was, I just, I got lucky, man. I'm lucky that I'm here. You know, the platoon I was attached to walked out with 19 guys after three, almost three weeks. And yeah. In fact, I caught that in another video you had. It was like, you said you started with what, 79 guys. And uh, it, was, it was, it was like, it was, it was like the high sixties with attachments, you know, cause you got weapons yeah. platoon guys. You got, I was a demolition guy and a, and a breacher. And, um, we started out with 60 some and walked out with 19. Mm-hmm. And the challenging thing with that is your mind starts to mess with you because you're just like, who's next. But for me, it was the best of humanity, but also the worst of humanity. And when you see your brothers go down around you, it's, it, it, it literally, it's like a bow constrictor just sucking the air out of your body, just squeezing you tight and tight because you, you, we don't create space and we don't go break contact and go back to our compound or, or our outpost or our fob and, you know, reassess and come back out the next day. We were stuck in it for almost three weeks. Like, and I'm talking about nonstop. The only time we had, we had downtime was when it got dark because at that point, an urban battlefield limits advantage even with our technology and night vision and such because we were fighting chechens a lot of chechens out there and they had great technology as well night vision great sniper weapons uh so at nighttime we would go firm we had the power cut off in the city and that's when psyops baby psyops would come out and that's when the mind game started the cat noises (laughs) the acdc the it was it was incredible at night to listen to the crazy sounds of, of psyops let me get to that in one second. Let me put it all in perspective, what you just described, because uh, one of my other buddies is Boone Cutler, and uh, I bring him up as often as I can because I love those crazy psyoppers. Um, the time you would have been there, Saddam had fallen, the bath party had been broken, leaving behind a city full of Islamic militants, some Iraqi, some, like you mentioned, with the Chechnyans. Some are Sunni, some are Shia. Some, most of them probably used to be fighting even each other, but then were there and Everybody steps up to take a shot at Uncle Sam. Everybody wants to get in the ring with the best of the best. And because we're there to help the poor SOBs that just happen to live there, that want an organized government that they can count on to have power and roads and toilets flush and schools and groceries. So this this ransacked city full of bullet holes and exploded buildings is where you guys are. And I zoom in so specifically here with the description because I want you to paint me that picture of what it was like. I know that you guys slept in bombed out buildings. 
And as you just mentioned, when the lights went out, we did this crazy thing to lure some of the bad guys out into the street so we could smoke them. Share with me a, a vision of like what a day in the life from that vantage point was like. All right. So I'll, let me share with you one of the most memorable days, probably the most challenging day of the battle, the day my squad leader got hit with the RPG. And what happened was my team leader, he stumbles upon and finds this like hidden area. And he found Alzakari's one of his compounds on Rod Elizabeth. We found like one of the beheading rooms. We found like a dungeon in the basement that was just like dead bodies and bones. We found a room full of computers where we think they were stealing our, uh, from satellite stealing our information from our local bases. We spawned this building. We're shooting mortars on the balcony of the building, like on the roof. And Het rolls in. Het is human exploitation team. Like the Intel guys. They roll in and they're like, get out. Get out right now. And we're like, uh, we're shooting mortars on the roof. Like, we're chilling, bro. They're like, grab these computers, put them in our trucks, and get out of here. And right when that happened is when my squad leader out front had got hit with this RPG shrapnel. We kind of got boggled down and stuck in that area until it got dark. We found a massive weapons cache in the building next to the compound, Ozakari's compound. And um, we had an EOD team attached to us as well. They prep a charge to blow, but we can't blow it because we're still in the building next door. There's a big gunfight on the next roof over. One of our corporals gets killed. And um, trying to get him down, they had to tie bed sheets together and, like, linens from, from like, shades to lower his body down. It's crazy. And um, we finally get out of the house. Everybody's out. Our vehicle's gone because our driver took the casualties back, our squad leader and a couple others. And the vehicle we jump in just became disabled. It's a hot mess and it's dark out now. And I'm trying to turn this thing, you know, and it's just not going. And I run into the side of another Humvee and all the Jersey racks with all the gear fly off and just in the middle of the friggin' night, dark. And I'm like, this day is friggin' awful, man. This is terrible. We finally get to our friggin' safe house. There's two dead bodies killed ex- execution style in the back of the head laying in front of the stairs. And I'm thinking, look, this had to be a Marine that saw these dead bodies and put them over here as a joke to step over them to go upstairs. <laughs> so we go upstairs. Next thing I know, I'm on, uh, I get woken up for fire watch in the middle of the night and I'm watching and that's when the cat noise started. They started doing these cat noises. Like these crazy cat noises. And I'm like, this is friggin' insane. And can you imagine? Imagine on the flip side, they're humans like us, but the guys were fighting. A lot of them were drugged up. We found pounds and pounds of cocaine. We found hundreds of vials of adrenaline that they bottles that they would shoot up with needles. And you'd see them all over the streets too. But imagine being drugged up, no power. You're fighting. This is a city that you've been in for months and you start hearing these cat noises, but you're all drugged up sitting there in the middle of the dark. These dudes were frigging probably losing it in there. Next thing I know, I'm on fire watch. I'm watching through the, through the IR, and I see a, a tow missile go off. I had no idea. They weren't saying they were going to shoot it. I watched the tow missile go off, but it literally blinded me. Like, I was blind. I was like, oh, my gosh, when it blew up and exploded where, where it hit. But that after that day, you know, you literally, you cannot predict what this environment will bring you. Thank you so much, man. Not only for getting deep like that, but for just, you know, the sacrifices you made. Um, it's what makes, I think, the brothers and sisters I talk to on this show just just 
just stand apart from any other news talk show that's out there. Um, I just love, love getting into the weeds with you guys. And, 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 and it's, there's a reason they make Hollywood movies out of stuff like this. One real quick last part of that is, do you remember hearing the sounds of heavy metal being blared at night from like huge loudspeakers and like just to, just to tick them off. So they'd come out and look around and see if they could find out where it's coming from. So you could draw them out. It was amazing. And you talk about like, sometimes like, you know, inspiration, motivation is, is temporary, but I'll tell you right now, when you're in the suck like that and there's no getting out, like you're, we were basically, we were dead. We had to like get lucky to survive. If that makes sense. You weren't able to get out unless you got hurt or got killed. But hearing that music, there was no more inspiration that you could ever imagine in the world than hearing that music. And knowing, guess what? That's us playing the music, bitches. Okay? (laughs) We control the noise of this city now. That's awesome, man. Years after his time on active duty, he served as a government contractor where he taught these combat tactics to those deploying to dangerous places around the world. They had a program called Air Advisor Academy. And they had just lost nine of their students to one active shooter insider threat attack in Afghanistan. And they were revamping their program. And they hired me and I became their lead active shooter insider threat instructor from my combat experience I had in Fallujah because gunfight's a gunfight. Two-way gunfight, one-way gunfight, it's, it's energy, it's advantage, but it's also strategy. And it's also learning how to have composure and how to learn how to respect your fears, not how to win against your fears. Because we don't win against our fears because a lot of them are subconscious and natural. And it's there because for the longest of time, for our DNA and our, and our ancestors, those fears kept them alive. So with that, Jake Edwards founded LeadTactics.org, a threat response training organization that focuses on how to keep school systems safe from the ever-present threat of school shootings. And now full-time, I get to work with our most vulnerable population, the K-12 environment. And we have 13 years to teach our kids how to be prepared for crisis situations. And we don't do it by doing it in their classrooms. And then two minutes later, checking the box. Good job, your drill's over. No, we do it how the real world attacks occur. Lunchroom, cafeterias, hallways, arrival, dismissal. And we give them strength so they can learn how to respect those fears and not let their fears consciously or even subconsciously control them because we're trying to do convenience-based training for crisis. So let's run through the menu real quick of what I learned from your organization. Tell me about lead tactics. Yeah. So, so lead tactics is leadership, right? Leadership is the answer for everything because we have to understand, Hey, it it starts with action, but it starts with acknowledgement of where we are right now. Let's lead. Let's go. And tactics is the means to accomplish growth. So lead tactics is an action word, but also I created an acronym for active threat response training. So it also stands for lock, escape, alert, defend. The four things we need, if we can remember in training, hey, details, the details we need for an active threat situation, a lock with layers of protection, right? If I can barricade, awesome. 
And it's not scary to barricade, Phil. Why? Because I ask people all the time, raise your hand if you have more than one door lock on your front or back door at home. And I'll tell you right now, about 80% of people raise their hand. And I always tell them, what, what are you paranoid about, huh? Why you need an extra door lock? And they're like, well, it's another layer of protection. And I'm like, ding, 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 exactly. Barricading our classrooms and our schools, parents, guardians, it's not scary. It's another layer of protection, just like at home. Because when that first layer is gone, we now have another layer in place. So that's lock. Escape, hey, create space. If, if you're coming after me, it's a one-way gunfight. One of the best things I can do is create space from Phil, right? That doesn't mean I stop. The attack isn't over. So escaping is your advantageous moment to remain vigilant because, again, the world's never been safe. And then alert, like the terrorist attack that happened. They said it was an ISIS-affiliated uh, ISIS attack in Colorado at the grocery store in the last year. That shooter was inside, and people were coming out of that store telling other patrons that didn't hear the gunfire, don't go in there. So alert could be line-of-sight communication. It could be from our phones. It could be from a, um, an application. It could be from a radio. But alert is so valuable because we want to share that information. And then defend. Phil, you and I both know this. Not one freaking person in this country can take the right that you and I and our kids have of self-defense. No one can take that right. So defending yourself, it's not fighting. It's defending. And words do matter. The way we articulate good reasoning and judgment matters in these situations. But you got to survive first before you can articulate that. So when I take this course, when I take the, when I learn from your organization, am I learning in both the classroom and the practical application of how to use weapons and how to defend rooms, how to, uh, how to clear a room in an active shooter situation? So what a great question. So the important thing I like to do, I, my, my perspective here is mindset, separate skill set. So lecture based mindset, right? Skill set, practical application based. And then we blend the two together. Now, here's the problem. Not every organization has the time and money and resources to get both. So I start with mindset training first, right? The lecture-based stuff, the concept-based stuff, the theory behind it all. And that's how we would, any, any kid we have out there in this world, that's how we want to develop them first. Get their mind strong and then match their skill sets with that mind. And then they have an unstoppable thing right there. Okay, so not every course, though, is like you take a group of teachers out to the rifle range and then you run into the shoot house and you've got like a nah. gymnasium or you've got like a school mock school built where you're teaching how to turn corners and how to. Yeah, okay. none of that. Yeah, it's and the reason why is that's actually not what they need. What they need first, they need to they need to be able to accept where they are right now. It gives themselves some some basic skills of barricading, right? Locking the door. So I'll talk to them about fatal funnels, right? I'll talk to them about the strong wall of a room. You know, if it's, if it's, if it's center fed or corner fed, a lot of it's environmental based. And I, I give them the skills that they can utilize when I'm not present, because as you and I know, that's what matters. You can put all the armed, armed individuals in a school as you want. But if you look at the national threat assessment, uh, last report called it averting targeted school violence. Some of the first victims that, um, that these attackers are going to take out are the ones that give them the best, the, the most uh, resistance are actually the armed security or the police officers. So empowering the, the unarmed, empowering the civilians, that's my main focus, is making them realize you don't need someone else. You need yourself to build from. Training is the one thing that matters, pre-incident. 
And it's comforting to think there's guys like you out there that can walk through the hallways of a school. And whereas I'm just looking at like pictures on the wall and lockers and architecture and look at those cool windows, a guy like you, brother like you is rolling through the building looking at like, okay, well, that's a deflection. Uh, you could use that as a getaway. You're analyzing the hallway in a completely different way that I am. I'm looking at aesthetic and you're looking at, you know, pragmatic tools and places for advantages in a tactical shootout scenario. Mm, Cool, man. I drilled down into the school situation here. Is that your primary customer? So my my primary focus is civilians and, and the school division stuff. And the reason why is because that's, I realized that there's such a forgotten variable in the game where, and like law enforcement, I work with them, you know, directly with my full-time job all the time. I work with a lot of retired ones too. You know, they're, they, they matter, but they have, the, you know, they have their own challenges for training and this and that. Um, I've done some, some work where I've gone and shadowed some training from law enforcement agencies and observing what they've done and just giving them some, some third person perspective feedback. But my main clients are, I'm starting to get into the game of, of actual like contracts for government stuff. Like I'm a federal and state vendor and I'm trying to get in that game. I've done some community center stuff. I was up in Brooklyn recently doing some stuff on Coney Island. And, um, but most importantly, it's, the, it's for the vulnerable, almost the ones that are just forgotten about and that are like, ah, they're just sheep. So the ones that, that, that are treated like sheep out there in the world are the ones I focus on. And the reason why is because they all matter because they are our community. They are our kids. And like I said, our kids for 13 years from K through 12, can you imagine if they actually had the right professionals coming in that had the right passion and the right perspective to say, look, this isn't a check in the box. We're going to make better kids that are going to be more prepared for our military after 13 years. We're going to have better kids that can be more prepared for problem solving, better kids that can be more prepared for bullying and actually working through their own problems because we gave them solutions to some of the most world's challenging problems, which is, oh my gosh, someone has a gun and they want to kill me. Well, that's great. You know what? I had a guy when my buddy Hanks got killed, um, like day 10 of the Battle of Fallujah. I was on the other side of the house. Another one of our guys, and by the way, anybody wants to look up this story, it's called Shootout Fallujah on the History Channel. They did a reenactment of this entire thing that I'm talking about. Hanks got killed. Sergeant Connor got stuck in this compound. Hanks is covering for him. Hanks gets shot in the face. Friggin' died. It was Absolutely awful. Sarkana got shot in the arm. He's might have backed out. One of our other guys, Corporal Stokes, or Private Stokes at the time, got stuck inside the house on the other side, and there was like four Chechens in there. Lama grenades at him, and he's out of ammo. And I'm covering this little alleyway as a couple of other guys blasting his back door to, to get him out of there. And I had a guy shoot at me from probably 20, 20 meters with the RPG, RPK machine gun. And he, how did he miss me? I have no idea. I say this because guys, look, if someone has a gun and you don't, you are not dead. I've seen guys get shot and survive. We have to push through the training scars that we think are out there where someone has a gun, someone has a higher advantage weapon system than I do. They have a knife. They have this. You're not dead until you're freaking dead. Okay. I know that sounds stupid, but seriously, you got to put yourself through the outcome you want, which is I want to survive. And we do that from playing the scenarios and being trained and being problem solvers and realizing our kids, our kids, we can't keep handing them problems 
and just look to put a Band-Aid over a solution. We must come through strength, through understanding, and teach these skills. 13 years, these kids will be better Marines. They'll be better sailors. They'll be better soldiers. They'll be better airmen, better Coast Guard folks. And the Space Force, we know damn well they're going to rule the friggin' Earth. <laughs> And you know what? To that, I love the fact that you are taking care of the sheep. You are taking care of the vulnerable. You are looking at school systems. And just because I'm a math teacher doesn't mean that I cannot have some tactical knowledge and to know how to handle a situation if it becomes the absolute worst. And I laud you for doing that because that is God's work right there. That is helping your brothers and sisters out there. Uh, Let's wrap with this. School shootings. I remember when it first happened. I mean, I remember was it Columbine back in the day thinking it was so horrific. How could something like that be recreated? Uh, we'll probably never see anything like that because that was just one case of evil that was rare, but it wasn't. It's happened every year, every year to the point now where I think it's almost like we don't even focus on the news more than the blip of the day it happens with that being the environment we live in today. What's a guy like you say is the most critical thing we need to do? And I want to give you something to chew on. I hear a lot of people say that the way out of this is mental health and that we need to help those that are being bullied and we need to help have more psychology. And then I hear others that say, nope, we need to treat this with hardware. There needs to be more metal detectors at doors. There needs to be more, you know, secure access points the same way we see on military bases. And those two theories seem to fight. What's a guy like you that gives training like this to school districts around the country? What's our way out of this? The last part of your question, the way out of it is, like I said, the physical world has never been safe. First off, we will never, you will never stop violence because violence is the one thing that the, the mammal part, the primitive part of our brain understands. Violence is the one thing that we're connected with. So if we're dealing with people in the primitive part of their brain where they want to, they want to wreak violence on us and attack us, those that they're trying to attack, we need to also connect to that part of the brain and understand, well, how can we be prepared for that moment to respond? So like you mentioned, yes, I do recommend the training part. Highly recommend that. The other part of it matters too is we have to ask ourselves, why do we have insurance and other things in life? Like, why do I pay for car insurance, for house insurance, for health insurance? Why do I pay for those things? Because things do happen. So the insurance policy of, of training is that's what it is. It's your insurance policy to mitigate damage. But on the outside spectrum, I have a great friend of mine. I mentioned him when we were, before we were recording. His name is Chris Grolnick. He's coming out of retirement to start a program called PRO. P-R-O. It stands for Prevention, Response, and Options. So everything you mentioned, they're all, they all have to be together because what's the problem? You mentioned it. They're not together. They're separate because the mental health side blended with the hardware side, blended with the soft skills side and also the tactical side, my side. And then also blended with, Hey, let's accept the fact that we need to appreciate the, the, the land that we walk on because that's the place we're actually trying to protect. We need to stop living so digitally and virtually. But that's not where the solutions are made. They're made in person. So we have to have these conversations in person. We have to let, ask our kids what are the concerns they have. And we have to make sure we talk to our teachers and be very, very overt to them and tell them, look, the world's never been safe. We have insurance and other things in life. We need to work on our insurance policies for this active threat violence situation. 
So let's maximize people skills with their, their own physical skills. And then we add technology and equipment. So here I am thinking, is it A, B, or C? And an expert says it is all of the above. It is metal detectors. It is counseling. It is also leadership training and the initiative training that you need to have as an individual to know how to handle a worst case scenario. Man, amazing stuff. What a great answer. I think that's the best thing I've ever heard uh, as far as that, because it's such a frustrating thing. Every time these school shootings happen, the news crews get an expert on there and they pop off with a single simple soundbite. And what you just said is probably the God's honest truth. It ain't simple. Jake, tell me, how do I find out more about you? If I'm a parent, I want to learn more about what I might want to talk to my kids about. If I'm an educator, I want to learn more about what I should probably have my school district focusing on for some training for the upcoming years. Where do I find out more? Yeah, so you can find me on on all the social media platforms, LinkedIn at Lead Tactics, Instagram at Lead Tactics, Facebook at Lead Tactics, and also have my YouTube channel, Lead Tactics. So you can find me on all those Lead Tactics channels. You can also check out my website, threatresponsetraining.com. I also have leadtactics.org, and they all take you to the same place. What a great place to end. Jake Edwards, leadtactics.org. I am so glad, brother, that you were keeping these these people safe through the knowledge and the training and the sacrifices you've made, man. Uh, Fallujah, Marine Corps veteran, can't thank you enough. And um, I look forward to catching a beer with you, man. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's uh, let's lock down a couple beers when I see you soon. Yeah, that's something we can lock down. <laughs> awesome, man. Jake, take care, brother. Thanks, brother. ThreatResponseTraining.com, LeadTactics.org, and they all nice. take you to the same place. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes Podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.